and welcome to Cool Playlist. I'm Eliza Skinner, and this is my podcast, where every episode we make a playlist for a specific life event, moment, or occasion, always with a special guest. And today we're making a playlist for living on a tour bus with my guest, Adam Conover. Hello. Yay. Hi. Uh, comedian, writer, mm-hmm, producer, mm-hmm. TV guy, mm-hmm, ruiner TV of the things. I ruin, I ruin everything, but hopefully not this <laughs> podcast. <Hey. laughs> okay, wow. I said it so you didn't have to. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's like uh, Nicole being Nicole Byer being tortured by uh, nailed it. Oh, everything. what do people say to her? I haven't they talked s- to her about this. Oh, they say nailed it to her all the time. Oh, my god. Every time she does anything. They're yeah. like, oh, you nailed it. And she's oh. like, release me from this prison. I I feel that if you coin a catchphrase, you need to be, and people like it enough to say it to you, you need to be happy every time it happens to you. (laughs) I don't think you get to be annoyed. I think the thing from like party down, the like, the thing of people, of of having the catchphrase, people having constantly say it to you, you don't get to feel that way. The way Adam Scott did on that show, you need to be, you you say thank you for remembering (laughs) me and for identifying me as that person that I made a little money. I will say you got to come up with your yours yourself yes I did and Adam Scott and Nicole were just hired for that's the true things. that's so, very true you know you may have a maybe yeah a fair sl- point fair point mine's my own self-actualization <laughs> and hers it was applied to her as a label yeah, fair point yeah um but anywho um how's things oh it's everything's going it's all going kickity do oh okay so, <laughs> uh, another phrase you've coined to be yelled at you <laughs> I feel like I've heard that I feel like I heard that phrase like on uh, on the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy radio series. We were just talking about England oh, before the show. And I, I feel like that. someone there on the original run of it said, kickity-doo, to mean like just okay. And it's been in my head ever since. I love that thing. I, I, I listened to so many um, audio things when I was a kid. And I, uh, it was so much fun to just imagine what was oh. happening rather than have it beamed into your eyeballs. Yeah, and my tapes of those radio shows were, were given to me by my friend who like copied them onto tapes for me and mm-hmm. I still have them with his like weird little kid handwriting and so it was like this weird special like magical space present, you know, cartridge that I listened <laughs> to them on. Other people don't know about this. Yeah, exactly. It was wild stuff. Like I didn't have every episode and some of them were like dubbed badly but that made it more fun. Yeah. I lo- Oh, those are so good. Yeah, there's a lot, lot, of, lot of tape dubbing um, I remember when the first South Park came out. That was just a cassette mm. tape, um, or like a VHS oh yes, tape. that they was it was passed around Hollywood from mm-hmm. um, uh, from person to person on the old sneaker net. Uh, mm. That's what they call it when when people when you know, something is being passed around like from person to person like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was like a bootleg. It was a hot bootleg tape. Yeah, it was a uh, supposed to be a Christmas card. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what uh, was an interesting version of that, like intermediate. Uh, digital technology that I always think about is how after the internet, but before YouTube, people used to s- collect and save video files. Like I had a oh. whole folder of video files and like funny pictures. Where would you get them? Were they just emailed around? Uh, I was on like a special website for like big nerds where we would post, uh-huh. you know, it's uh-huh. the, it was sort of like a really, really tiny Reddit yeah. where there were only a couple thousand people on it. It was like a closed community, it was like a forum. Mm-hmm. And people would like just upload like MOV files and real video files and stuff like that. And then because I had this like source that like my friends didn't because I was a little, I was more internet literate, I would have people like come over to my dorm room and mm-hmm. I'd be like, watch these funny videos and of just like the same shit we all of cats falling down and like weird found footage and stuff like that all the hits yeah exactly but it was like a it was like a version of bootleg tape collecting for the internet but it only lasted like five years before like youtube came around and then that just became something that we're all sharing all the time it's not special anymore yeah i remember when youtube came out it was it was almost like an 
as far as I understood it, almost like an art project for the internet. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, yeah. we can have our our video blogs, and yeah. we can. No uh, one knew what to do with it. Yeah, and now we are controlled by it. Mm-hmm. So you picked the theme of the playlist um, to be living on a tour bus. I thought you picked it. No, I gave you options, and that's oh, the one you chose. Oh, that's the one I picked. Mm-hmm, yes, yes, mm-hmm, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> that's how it works. Yes. Um, so why that one? Uh, well, I have lived on a tour bus. Mm-hmm. You lived on a tour bus with me for a week when we did uh, the Adam Ruins Everything election special tour in mid-2016. I was insanely on a tour bus going for We did like like 20 cities or something uh, for three weeks and would like drive through the night and go to, you know, the uh, a, a, like a new show every night. And you joined for the last week to be part of the onstage performance. Yeah. It like was video versions of me until then. Yes, we had video. We had it was it was bizarre <laughs> that this show worked at all. But yes, there was an onstage component where you and Adam Lustig were playing characters. And then before you joined the tour, we recorded videos of you doing it for those punchlines. And then for the last week, you came and you did your own wardrobe changes backstage. Oh, yeah, that was fast. It was really fast. You were an incredible pro. And I really appreciate it for doing yeah. it. And people who want to see what the hell this show looked like it's still on you can go find it on amazon or, or itunes or anywhere where the where the show is this is still i'm still pretty proud of it although it's all dated now because yeah. it's election themed yeah. well yes and everything got set on fire a few weeks yes that. yes absolutely well and also part of our part of our show was kind of like trump could win like a little yeah. bit was it was about george wallace and and how you know they're like george wallace you know had a very uh possible candidacy you know it was a little bit fringe at the time but uh he won a bunch of states and like you know the idea is you can't just you can't just like assume that racism and bigotry aren't going to win like it you have to actually beat them and that was like the end of that segment and and then we uh didn't (laughs) (laughs) so uh yeah that was a really intense time but um so uh yeah i chose it interesting also because i feel like people um Different people thought you were like everybody thought you were on their side politically. Mm-hmm. Yes, in the audience, I felt like they, they they would just sort of round you up to wherever they wanted you to be. Absolutely, and that's what people do generally. And I like to let them do that <laughs> because <laughs> because you want people to feel like they have an investment in the in the work and that it's speaking to something that they believe. You just want to also find moments to challenge them as well, so that you know you can you can speak to everybody, but give everybody like a moment where you say, no, no, no actually, you're wrong about this. Or, or I'm gonna mm-hmm. update you on that. So yeah, you can have nuanced opinions. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Uh, and uh, I believe that everybody is uh, needs correction and needs to be more rigorous in their own thinking. So uh, yeah, that, that's why that show was able to do that. But also, I mean, I think people could tell that we uh, didn't like Trump on the show. <laughs> well, episode. I think that he doesn't really support that what you were just saying yes. like like uh, rigorously questioning yourself and allowing yourself to your um your ideas to change based on new information and mm-hmm. things like that he's mm-hmm. sort of the antithesis of that very much like, so i'll make up what i want and then stick to it forever yeah which is why it was so disorienting when he won because i was like oh my entire way of life <laughs> has been uh, repudiated at the polls <laughs> everything i believe okay well uh, now we <laughs> live in now? that reality what now and then and hey now here we are a couple years into the what now still figuring it out yeah but yes, you were on a bus with your face on the side. I was on, on a side. bus with my very, face on the side. Very which discreet. <laughs> which uh, really sucked because, I mean, the show had only been on for like a year and a half, so so we didn't have as many fans as we do now. But, but people who saw the bus would be like, 
oh, Adam's in the bus because I see his face on the side. So if I wait outside the bus, I'm going to see him. And that was uh, unfortunate because, you know, it's not great for privacy. But also the reason True TV paid for the bus was for it to be a big billboard because mm-hmm. uh, it's like a, 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 a tour bus is a big moving billboard for the television show. So uh, that was kind of the point. Yeah, yeah. It it made sense, but it was hard to uh, mm-hmm. go out and uh, pick up food and bring it back. To, I remember you coming back to the bus with like takeout food and ha- and having to wait outside saying hello to people. Yes, it would happen occasionally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, bus life is really tough because... Uh, you know, I now have a lot of sympathy for anybody who tour bus. Oh, that sounds nice, right? But mm-hmm. what you don't realize is to describe a tour bus, you got the driver up front, then you've got a little lounge area with some like shitty leather couches, like mm-hmm. fake leather couches that like all smell because yeah, they uh, have been sat on by millions. Yeah, millions of people. They're 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 all rental buses, and you know, there's like a shitty TV and some stuff. It's it's sort of like um like a small part of a boat. Really, a tour bus is like a bad boat. Yeah. Um, and it has then, that that sort of almost casino smell yeah like, we yes. cleaned it but i mean what are we gonna do yes yeah 100 percent. i can still smell it today and then oh, straight God. back i can't it's like very like antiseptic but it's like well yeah people have pissed on the couch but uh you can't smell it but you can tell that but you can smell the memories you can smell that something has replaced it so then there's that little area and that's where the tour manager and people like that hang out. And then straight back, there's rows of bunks on either side. So there's this tiny little like aisle like on an airplane. And then on either side, there's bunks. And it's two and two mm-hmm. on either side. So two bunks on either side. Then, then you know, there's like it's three like- columns of bunks that are in two rows each. Um, and those can actually be configured to have threes because you can move the bunks up and down. So you ah. could. So for big bands, like if you're in the fucking polyphonic spree or Whoa. whatever, they they'll put them in threes. So, so you're just you, in a coffin. You're in a coffin. Yeah, and they're really really skinny. Oh, and no. it was cramped when just me and Gonzalo Cordova, who helped me write the show, were just you know the two of us, the tech and the uh, the tour manager. That was cramped. Then you guys came on. We had hey. six people sleeping on. You're welcome. It. Yeah, but I was like, this could be a lot. Like if you got roadies and like a yeah. five. Person band. Um, there's no privacy. Well, then there's the big bedroom in the back. That's not well. It wasn't quite a bedroom. This was a. Uh, it sometimes it was is. like a lounge. You, kind of yeah, thing, you yeah. you chose to have it, but like that. If if you're a if you're like a hot touring band, yeah. very often that is the bedroom. Oh, for fucking in. Yeah, <laughs> I was not fucking in the room. No, uh, you were editing a lot of shows. Yes, I was. I was literally. Yeah. So that was a really wild time because. Oh, here's the here's the last thing is that. The bus, uh, yeah, so I would get off stage and then I would uh, have to start giving notes on episodes of Adam Ruins Everything because that was in post at the same time. And then I would go to sleep. But the thing about the bus that you don't realize, uh, people don't know about tour buses, they drive through the night. They don't drive during the day. And so you're asleep, uh, you're trying to go to sleep on a moving bus. Now the things about that are, first of all, you have to sleep with your head at the back. Um, and I did not do that the first night. And then the tour manager was like, you can't sleep with your head towards the front. Because the reason is if the bus hits something, you will break your neck. Yes. <laughs> so you have to sleep with your with your head backwards, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the reason that is not that comfortable is because the bus is driving through the night. And let me tell you, you can feel the bus driving. It's like you're, you know, you get on the bus, you'd be trying to go to sleep, and you're like, okay, now we're pulling out a town, and like, oh, oh, a stoplight, all right, and then up now, okay, we're making a left turn. Yeah. When you're horizontal, you can really feel it, and then even just like 
the bus getting on an on-ramp or like, you know, changing from one interchange to another on the freeway, you can like sense what's happening. And so your body's sort of constantly moving side to side. And especially when your feet are moving first, like they're the ones in front, it's especially kind of disorienting. Yeah. And again, uh, it was another way that it's like a bus, I mean, like a boat Mm -hmm. and that it felt sort of seasick. But it also like, I remember being so tired and feeling like, oh, this is terrifying. And I will relax into this terror and yeah. sleep in that like a blanket. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to sleep with this scaredness. It's not going to go away. <laughs> and I'm not going to pay a lot of attention to it. But it's just that's how it's going to be for a little while. Yeah, you're just sort of in a weird, you know, I it felt like going on a whaling ship or something <laughs> like that. You're just like in that. And you're not going to do anything else other than be in that experience. You don't really have another part of your life and oh and the last bit is you can't uh, poop on the bus cannot poop on the bus you can't poop on the bus and in, fa- rule. and in fact on the second day the tour manager was like who pooped on the bus <laughs> and i and there are only three of us the tech gonzalo and me and i was like so it's like I, a really un- uneventful uh, murder mystery dinner party <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i was like i definitely didn't poop on the bus and gonzalo was like i didn't poop on the bus and the tech was like i didn't poop on the bus and he was so mad he was like well somebody pooped on the bus We're like we de- definitely didn't do it i so, pooped on the bus myself if it um, had been me i will say i would have lied i i would i would have lied then but told the truth now but i'm still telling the truth it was not i i did not poop on the bus um i i think as you know uh one night woke up and had to take a lift to a diner and <laughs> poop there yeah um i shuffled in in uh pajamas with a coat over it uh and there was a there were many clearly marked bathrooms are only for customer signs and i was like fuck it i you guys can drag me out and assume i'm a junkie i have to do this that's incredible Um, i felt very resourceful that's very resourceful i feel like i should have covered that lift ride Uh, (laughs) because i felt so guilty for everyone else having to be on the bus for my fucking stupid show no Um, that's it was fun to work on thank you very much well well so i thought it was interesting because it's a little bit of a combination of it so as a playlist uh mm-hmm. because you're sort of trapped in this in this weird world uh it, it's a little bit like a road trip playlist because it's definitely traveling there's definitely themes of like americana and you know uh, the open road which is of course the best playlist subject the road trip playlist mm-hmm. i mean, you've done the show for many many times but <laughs> I would assume you'd agree that road trip playlists are the best playlists to make. Uh, there, I I wouldn't necessarily. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, but they're I'm, they're a very popular one. But for me, no, I I like the real uh, emotional ones. Oh. And this, I would say, specifically the bus one, even more than other uh, road trip ones. It's kind of like a middle of the road emotion things. Mm, like you yeah. don't want to be like, yeah, we're doing it, and you also don't want to be like, I miss them. You just kind of be like, here we go, yeah. another day. We're yes. we're just going. We're Ex- just going. And especially on a tour bus, you know, you're need you're needing to, uh, you're needing to keep yourself going. But you go through different well, on the bus. You go through different emotional states. So at first <laughs> it feels exciting, and then it feels like desperate, and then you're sort of in it, whatever. I also like road trip playlists though because you it's your best opportunity to DJ for other people mm. and. And you can really they're trapped get, with you. They're trapped with you, <laughs> and you can say this song is so good. Don't uh, you like it? And they and they everyone is facing yes. forward, so you don't give them that look that uh, uh, <laughs> look that people give each other when they play songs for them. Yes, yes. which is just the worst on both sides.
size. Yes, 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 yes. If you're uh, the one doing it, you're like, I gotta stop doing this, but you don't know where else to look. <laughs> but it's the best opportunity to go through go through your music library and mm-hmm. find the mm-hmm. find the the cuts that you really love and you're gonna try to reappreciate and and you know, et cetera. So yeah. so that so it's a little bit of a combination of of those things in my mind. Well, let's get into the playlist. Let's do it. Uh, the first song is yours. Sure. So I chose for my very first song, uh, War on Drugs, Under Pressure. Do you play the clip now or do I keep <laughs> yes. talking about it? Okay, here we'll we go. We'll play it right now. Oh, it's got this nice intro with this weird. Should I talk over to avoid doing that? No, okay. you can talk over um, This is off of, I believe, Lost in the Dream. Lost in the Dream, which is their, their, big, their big smash hit as far <laughs> as a band like this ever has a smash hit. Okay, it's about to get going here. No, don't, no rush. Here we go. Oh, yeah, okay, those wheels are turning. Yeah. You're in that bus. You're moving. You haven't parked. Nope. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, I like it. It's very good. Wait, let's hear what he starts singing. That's going to be in a second. Uh uh I think we're going through another couple bars of this. I mean, well, that's the other thing. You're not hurrying anything when you're living on a bus. You're just and the like, song's like 10 minutes long. Yes. Well, the come down here is easy. Like the arrival of a new day. Okay, so here's here's the thing about War on Drugs. Is I, first of all, War on Drugs is, it's total dad rock, mm-hmm. and I cop to that. It's also, I could listen to War on Drugs for the rest of my life, I never get sick of it. Wow. I really, this like... This is your soul band. It really is. And I don't know what... It's, it's extremely listenable, but also very soulful. And uh, and it is also the absolute perfect driving music. Because what they did was, they married kind of Bruce Springsteen Americana dad rock. And they married it with the Motorik beat, which is a beat from German uh, like rock and electronic music from the 70s. Are you familiar with this beat? It's the beat from this. Mm-hmm. like. And the point of that beat, when it was invented, was to sound like driving. Hmm. That was the point of it. It's like from Noi. Noi was the pioneer of this of this beat, and uh, it was like designed to sound like you are driving on, uh, you know, or occasionally taking a train, but mostly driving. (laughs) And so by combining, like, and all their songs, most of their songs have this beat, and by combining it with that. Uh, sort of like here we are out in America kind of like songwriting uh, it just is like the I don't know it's the perfect on the road music just to me a nomadic sort of joy yes yeah. and then all the lyrics are like like so vague mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just like there's some stuff happening and then yeah. I feel a kind of way yeah like the sun comes up it's easy it's like what the hell is you know uh, it's wonderful Cool. Well, yeah, I think that uh, I like it. Uh, it's a great, great song to start it off with. Thank you. I'm following it with uh, "Sleeping In, Sleeping In" by the Postal Service. Ooh. Once again, also has to take a second to kind of get going off of that Postal Service album. See, I never really listened to this album. I'm br- everyone listened to this album. Up. Oh yeah. These sort of clicky drums were so 2003. Oh yeah, and and the the um, cliche not cliche but the little like fun hook that oh we made it by sending stuff back and forth to each other. Oh yeah. In the same place. But I felt like this also had like a move-in kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, maybe more of a nighttime sort of thing with like a headlights going by you. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, very much feel. so. Yeah. And and a lot of uh, and this also fits because look, the War on Drugs song that's like the beginning mm-hmm. of the road trip, and oh, we're all feeling so good about it. But then very quickly on a on a bus trip on a tour bus, you're going to feel lonely and very intimate <laughs> with yourself. Um, and so that's what that's perfect for. Yeah. And yeah. And being in those little enclosed bunks, it did feel like cocoon like mm-hmm. alone with your thoughts. Yeah. And you also have to create, uh, you have to actually create space from the other people on the bus mm-hmm. because you're in such close quarters that you need to create privacy by putting on headphones and listening to things that are intimate or like reading books um, so that you're not constantly like on top of each other all the time. So it sort of fits for that reason as well. Yeah. I always feel like um, people have different size bubbles around them Mm -hmm. regionally. Like living in New York, the the bubble of space around you would be teeny tiny. It would be like right up against your skin. Mm -hmm. And then in most of the the rest of the country, it would be a lot bigger. So when people from outside of New York visit New York, they're like bumping around. <laughs> they're, they're, they're on the subway, like knocking into you. And you're like, why don't you have a teeny tiny bubble like the rest of us to live in? Um, but I would also be shy. It's all, it's, the New York bubble is very small, but it's yeah. very thick. So you yes. can like be sitting right next to someone and they're having a loud conversation about something intimate and I do not listen at all. Yeah. And that was useful. Well, and that's also, by the way, when people, the cliche that New Yorkers is rude is so is so false to me because mm-hmm. New Yorkers are in such close quarters all the time. They're actually far more polite and patient than almost anyone else in the country because they will put up with almost anything, mm-hmm. you know, and they will give other people their space, right? The thing of like seeing someone crying and not bothering them <laughs> is like the height of yeah. politeness. Oh God, being bothered when you're crying. What a nightmare. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if I cried on a subway, I don't remember crying on a subway everywhere else in New York, but on a subway, no. And someone was like, are you okay? I'd be like, zip, I'm peeling off my skin and getting out of it. Like, yeah, no. for real. By the way, that guy just did. So I here's the thing. I, for some reason, with mid-2000s indie rock, mm-hmm. and I liked twee music and stuff. I was like a big Bell Sebastian fan, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The the Postal Service, Ben Gibbard, is that the guy? Uh, that uh, is. It, We're getting yes. a thumbs up from yeah. producer Aristotle. Yes. Um, mm. I could never, I for some reason, could never get into it, right? Mm-hmm. But n- just now, he appeared on the new Chance the Rapper album. Oh. And it that song is so good. And he's so good on it. As the first time I've disliked him for 15 years and that song is like I'm like he's wonderful yeah. I should go back and listen to the whole to the whole uh, well, discography and you know what maybe maybe you've grown too yeah perhaps maybe you've grown into each other I'm a different Timing person is important. Now. now that I'm in my 80s I understand the postal service mm, much better you just look down and suddenly you're wearing a, a thrift store uh, cardigan <laughs> see I did wear thrift store cardigans but for some reason you were different I sort of felt like my friends who I felt like were not into thrift store indie pop thrift store cardigan indie pop like got into that band and I was like no 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 you weren't listening to Bell and Sebastian from Tiger Milk on so you don't count <laughs> but you You're, sound oh, fun yeah, uh, yeah oh yeah I mean come on <laughs> Mr. Uh, actually <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was 19 years yeah, old yeah we all have very incorrect correct opinions when we're 19 <laughs> I know I'm right and you are not um okay uh, the next song. My is next yours. song is another little bit of uh, of Americana sound for the beginning of the trip. Uh, it's a song by William Tyler, wonderful guitar player. It's called Fail Safe. Wheel still turning. Still going. So this guy is just. Um, 
Oh, oh, here we go. Oh, it's so pretty. Very pretty. So this is the whole song. It just does this a bunch of times, and it's so gorgeous. He's just a really wonderful guitar player. He was in Nashville for many years. He just moved to L.A. If you can, you can go see him live sometime. He plays a little, little rooms. I will. He's really, he's really wonderful. And uh, this song is called. Uh, this is from an album called Goes West, and it's about his experience going. And so it's very much designed to evoke wide open spaces and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's also travel music. Yeah. And I've been listening to it actually. When because this year touring, I was not on a bus. I was flying, which is. The only thing worse than being on a bus is is like flying from show to, to yeah. like when you you're have sharing a, the same amount of space, but it's with hundreds of people. And you don't, uh, at the very least, with the bus when you have two shows, one right after the other. You know, you could, you're at least sitting on the one bus instead of going to the airport, packing up. Da 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 da. That's much more stressful. And on the last run of my tour, I started listening to this song and this album over and over again, like in the airport. And it had that effect of the wonderful effect that music has of like making the hustle and bustle of the airport feel calm and making yes. it feel like romantic. And I would watch the people go by as I walked through the airport and, and it would feel like uh, a much more sort of profound human experience because of this. It would just like chill yeah, me out in a nice yeah. way. I honestly, uh, postal service, I have had that happen with mm. a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like, oh, every, everything, it's just less people somehow. Yeah. It's just a couple of them disappear. It's your own personal uh, snap. Right? Yeah, you're just suddenly you're watching a movie about people mm-hmm. in a way, yeah, yeah. and you're so you see the beauty inside of them. Yes, they're all little individuals. <laughs> they're not so screaming beautiful. at their wives in the airport Chipotle. No, no, no. they're not fighting with their children. They're being snowflakes of wonder, as we all are. Um. Yeah, I think that's great. It, and it's all just guitar music, no lyrics. No, yeah, he has no lyrics. He's just mm. he's just a wonderful guitar player and he plays both uh fingerstyle, you know, guitar which is this song is, mm-hmm. um sort of like American folk tradition, but he also plays wonderful electric guitar on some tracks that sounds again also like sort of German krautrock guitar playing sometimes. Mm. He's, you uh, you you play guitar? You play anything? I uh taught myself to play guitar like in college and I and I'm pretty I haven't I tried to take some lessons again last year, and I sort of dropped off a little bit. I would love to play more than I do. I have got my unique set of skills. Okay. <laughs> uh, by which I mean I can play C, D, G, E, A, A minor, E minor, uh, kind of a shitty F. All, all the hits. <laughs> like, I think that's it for my people chords. love those chords. Those yeah. are the chords. Those are the chords. What other chords do you need? Yeah, come one, on. one of these days I'll get a seventh, but you know. Uh, no, don't get all fancy. I li- I always like fingerstyle <laughs> guitar playing. That was the kind of music my parents brought me up listening to, and I did I I did teach myself to like finger pick play some mm-hmm. some patterns and stuff like that. And uh, I've just found it very beautiful. There were guys in my high school who were super into that. There was this one dude um, who would like teach everyone uh, classical guitar, mm. and so everybody, all these dudes had like super long fingernails on their right hand yeah. and on their left. And boy, 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 is that a creepy look. That's I, I, I used to grow, I used to grow my fingernails on my right hand because it, yeah. it, it actually helps though. Sure. Yeah. Cause it helps. It, I get how it's useful. It it's just a little, a little spooky to like hang out with. Yeah. Like, you don't want to be on a date with those fingernails. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, but you know, yeah, sure. You listen but, to well, it. When you want your back scratched, yeah, you know, maybe, I don't know. I got a cat. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, I listen to guitar music to write. Like when mm. I'm writing, uh, I find, white the, like if I'm trying Wh- to shut white things out, music white, made by white people <laughs> no <laughs> white noise okay. things um, make me tense like I feel like it's like and I'm uh-huh. like ah 
gotta do stuff, gotta do stuff. Yeah. Um, but the like guitar music, uh, it can it, it's it does the same thing as far as yes. like shutting the world out. Um, yes. But without words, it doesn't distract me. Lyrics distract yes. me if I'm trying to write. Yes. And by the way, well, you should really again check out this band War on Drugs because let me tell you, <laughs> barely lyrics. It's really barely lyrics. Okay. It's like, when you come down here, it's wasted. It's like, what is that? Doesn't matter. Just sounds nice. It's poetry, Adam. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's definitely not. I'm not sure how you like this band. I like how meaningless the lyrics are because as we all know, lyrics are bad and no one listens to them and they oh, don't matter. Oh boy, that is not the way I view the world. <laughs> That's true. And I have some songs coming up that actually I, I, I like the lyrics. Okay. Them, so. Well, I figured I um, uh, wanted a, a daytime, you know, not a lot of driving on during the day, uh, as you said. Yeah. But kind of kind of a happy, a pick me up driving, mm. living on a bus. Sometimes Great. it's fun. Maybe the food just arrived um, <laughs> yeah. for once in my life by Stevie Wonder. Ooh. Like many things, living on a bus is, uh, in my experience, timed by food. Postmates is here. <laughs> it's not so bad. We don't smell that bad. We smell like tacos now because there's tacos in the bus. Or maybe you're listening to this like um, you stopped at a Denny's. Yeah. Wow, we get to get out. My legs still work. And it's playing in the Denny's. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, I'm kind of having fun here. Yeah. 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 And you're like, this is great. And then mm-hmm. you see the bus again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's yeah, wonderful. Nice. Yeah. I only started listening to Stevie Wonder and Ernest a couple years ago. Stevie I, Wonder and Ernest? They're a great duo. <laughs> and Ernest. And, uh, from, hey, the, from the commercial. Hey Vern, yeah. yeah. Yeah, his albums he used to do. Yeah, That is crazy, <laughs> by the way, that that guy got hired to do a power... I believe the first one was a power company commercial. Yeah. And it became... His whole career and series of movies. Yeah. Like, can you imagine it was a local commercial. a local commercial? Yeah. And you become basically like a, a comedy star. Yeah, That's for sure. Nuts. It's absolutely bonkers. He's like, these local commercials are incredible. He's got to make more of them. And he like owned the character, I yeah. guess. Uh, and the character was always talking to someone invisible named Vern. Uh-huh. Until he got time. into the movies and yeah. he was getting scared stupid and going to camp. And then he died of lung cancer. Yes, well, that was was sad yeah eh, everybody dies somehow <laughs> he was also ki- he was like a ki- children's entertainer became yeah. very there i believe there was a well, tv I show i don't think that any of it was really geared towards highbrow adults <laughs> it wasn't like i didn't i don't remember him talking to terry gross <laughs> <laughs> fair enough um but Ste- yeah stevie wonder stevie wonder very wonderful and also if you're on a tour bus with musicians i think all musicians love stevie wonder don't they I think you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, he's amazing. Um, yeah. And this is, uh, you know, has has the trademark uh, uh, harmonica. Mm-hmm. Oh, so joyous. You could you could have just a little harmonica. You got a whole band in your pocket. <laughs> Travel around. Do you remember that? You know what I should have put on this list and I didn't? But um, in uh, uh, Almost Famous, do you remember uh-huh. where, where the, the only scene I remember from Almost Famous is... Uh, a Tiny Dancer? Tiny Dancer, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're all listening to it and singing along. And it's such a good scene. And I didn't even like... Elton John until I saw I was in college when that came out so I was stupid um but I was like oh this makes this song um yeah it's a it's a great song it's a great scene I and I and I think that with, with these big heavy hitter star musicians like Elton John yeah. like Queen you yeah. know I, I I think of them the way that I think of Vegas where it's like you may if you haven't noticed them they're there for a reason 
Mm-hmm. Like if you mm-hmm. go to see anybody in Vegas, except maybe Brittany was a little sad, but um, she, she was just kind of sleeping through the show. She's still there though, right? No, she stopped. Oh, she's, really? I didn't know. Oh, she's in the midst of all kinds of stuff. Okay. Um, but for the most part, if you go see somebody in Vegas, they are great. They're mm-hmm. there for a reason. They have these contracts for a reason. It's, uh, you know, Celine Dion is Celine Dion for good. a reason. Yeah. And, you know, Carrot Top even. I've had a lot of comedy friends who are like, oh, we're ironically going to go see Carrot Top in Vegas. And I'm like, yeah. be careful because you're going to come back a Carrot Top fan. <laughs> and they all do. <laughs> the Key and Peele staff di- went to see him and then they put him in a fucking sketch. <laughs> like, they're yeah. there for re- People love the stuff they love for a reason. Yeah. Like, Elton John is Elton John for a reason. And a lot of times, especially, you know, depending on w- what era you grew up in, the first thing you might have been exposed to is some like, cheesy money grab version of them yes um like i, I remember stevie wonders exactly. 80s stuff then that was like that wasn't this yeah and i didn't even know there's that joke in high fidelity where uh the guy comes in he tries to buy uh, i just called to say i love you right mm-hmm. and i never got the joke uh until i finally went back and understood early stevie wonder and why it, he mattered so much i don't know the, the, joke. the joke is just that it's not even really a joke it's just a line uh barry played by jack black in his best role yes. his breakout and still best role yes. um as barry the the uh annoying and uh uh smug uh record store clerk refuses to sell the person i call i just called to say i love you and then he says john cusack's character he says something like oh is it uh you know does the uh shitty later work of a once great artist invalidate his earlier work is it better to burn out or fade away right oh, and yeah, that's just yeah, like yeah. making the point and i was like oh i now understand the context that stevie wonder was a generationally important musical talent oh. that influenced so many people and then by the time i was alive and conscious he sucked yeah well i mean and he 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 was trying stuff out because he's also done yeah. good stuff since then i mean even just the solo on um uh i talk about it too much that eurythmic song um or is it just annie lennox the uh, must be talking to an angel. Mm. Like he doesn't even sing; he just plays a harmonica on it, and it's just like, <laughs> oh boy, yeah, what a dream. Stevie Wonder did a bit on a show that I worked on. Mm. Um, he was a guest as himself, and we had to write comedy bits for him. And so we wrote all of these like, and and his the, somehow someone on the team was like, oh, st- he loves blind jokes, loves them. <laughs> he has fun with it. Oh no, go nuts! And so we did, and then we turned it in the script, and people were like oh my God, you cannot say any of these things to him. This We, we cannot send the script to him. And so we wrote non-blind jokes, sent it to him, and then he showed up on the day and just improvised his own blind, blind jokes. jokes. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, yeah, you can't, do that for someone unless like a, it's like well this is from our blind writing staff this is like a Larry Sanders show episode it's like the guest finally shows up and is like Larry it sounds great but where's where I thought we do some yeah. blind jokes um uh okay do you well, oh it's my turn yes it's your turn it's my turn okay um this uh is a song I chose this song because I recently heard it for the first time I fell in love with it and I started listening to it it became my pre-show song hmm. this year that I would listen to on my walk to I was running my hour at the clubhouse here in Hollywood yeah. and I could it's walking distance from my place and I listened to it basically every time and it's a really wonderful song uh, by Pastor T.L. Barrett and uh, a choir of children called uh, Like a Ship hmm. this song's incredible from uh, 1971 yeah. that a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, I think this also works for, again, bus stopped, 
You're, you got yes. some time before the show. You're exploring a neighborhood. You're walking around someplace. Okay, we got to hear some little. Here he comes. <laughs> did you find this? Uh, my friend Ariana Lenarski referred me to a different song uh, mm-hmm. by him that I really loved. But then I would just like, you know, start listening to the whole album. And then this one, this is his most famous song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find it very like, uh, the next line of the song is, but I know we can face it. Um, mm. uh, and it's just very, uh, it, when I'm feeling a little chaotic and, and a little bit like, what's, oh, what's going on? Like, it's a very steadying song. Mm. Um uh, you know the, the, that being like a ship without a sail, uh, but I know we can face it. You know, like you're 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 waving around in the wind. You got your course list, except no, it's going to be okay though. You know. Yeah. Do you uh, do you do? I, I've often said that I do music like drugs. Mm. Like I will prescribe myself different songs, and where I'm like, I, I should need do that. this. I mean, that's kind of what this show is. Yeah. Where it's like, what do I need to hear when I'm in this place, in this mood, in this moment um, that will help it. Um, or get me out of it. It really does change your mood. It really does change your mood oh, so yeah. much. It's Incredibly. underscoring. Yeah. Um, this also, there's another weird, I don't know if you if you care about shit like this in music, but like um, this song also sounds to me like, so the band, the first band that I really, really, really gravitated towards, as I referred to earlier, was Bell and Sebastian. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's like, oh, a band like saved my life in high school kind of mm-hmm. feeling, right? And um, that band was... Uh, uh, the 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 instrumentation on this song sounds like Bell and Sebastian to me, and it's because of this like long circuitous route of Northern Soul, which was a movement in like mm-hmm. you know the Northern UK that picked up on American Soul from this period specifically. And so, uh, in addition to me just th- finding it to be a beautiful song, there's like this there's like this through line that you know co- finds its way back here um, yeah. in a way that like speaks to me in a bizarrely laser like way. You mean like Northern? England or America? I believe it refers to Northern England. Yeah, yeah so it's like, like Gloria, Scotland and Gloria Pl- Jones, that kind of stuff. I guess so. Yeah. I'm not super familiar oh, okay. with that. Tr- I know that that was a movement in England or in the UK that Bell and Sebastian drew from, yeah, and that's, that's, that's why when yeah. you listen to certain Bell and Sebastian songs, there it sounds like they're playing soul music, or it sounds like the band is playing soul music anyway. Yeah, um, because they were influenced by that, and so like that. That's like one of the best. My favorite things about music now is like finding those influences, like how Warren Drugs playing this like German motorik beat. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, anyway. and how how different people, what people find figure out to do with them, mm-hmm. update them. I mean, that's like all the um, chopping and screwing with like rap music and yeah. sampling. Yes. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. We're all connected, guys. We're all snowflakes in an airport. Um, the next song, my I, I, I really leaned way too much on that song for picking this, just Arlie. Um, is that right? Arlie? Audio-ly? Soundy. Um, so this is uh, Easy to Be Hard from the soundtrack to Hair. <laughs> Oh, that is a nice ping pong for my song. How can people be so heartless? How can people be so cruel? Easy to be hard. So, yeah, got a little, little musical theater in here, got a little show tune. Oh, for the tour bus, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and again, I think that the, the tour bus songs, they're not, they're not highs or lows with 
emotion. And this is a little bit like mm-hmm. longing e, but it's not yeah. it's not definitive. It's not like you left me and it's not like I want you. It's just like people yes. kind of are tough and yeah. I'm dealing with someone who's tough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but people also in general are and I don't know how to change it or what to do with it. So and we're going to be here in this moment for a while on this bus. We've mm-hmm. got cuz cuz on the bus you got like two weeks to go, you yeah. know, so you don't want that emotional high. You want to oh, no. be like, yeah, you're, drive living, you you're living with this right now. Yeah. You, I think you would literally go mad yeah. if you were having some sort of major emotional peak in any I th- direction. I think, by the way, a really wonderful alternative podcast concept for you okay. would be, would be like, uh, let's call it, let's call it playlist ping pong. Okay. And, and what you do is, is someone puts a song on and the other person, picks a song that Mm -hmm. sounds like the song or has a very direct connection to the song. It's like that improv um, exercise. Mm. Do you remember what that? Uh, It's not sound ball, but it's like... Something like that. Yeah, Yeah. you're like standing in a circle and somebody has to go in the middle and sing a song. improv out of my mind. Yeah, Um, I know. Clearly I have also. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. Well, that's where you're continuing the... It's like the last word of the song becomes It doesn't have to. It's just any kind of connection. Oh, it just makes you think of the song. Yeah. 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 I mean, that is in a way where this initially started from but mm. just the mechanics of doing that it was yeah. like oh well you would have a lot of like You'd searching have a lot around of going back and forth, and yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that, that's for like ultimate music library geeks like i know like yes. two people in my life you being one of them who i think would could do that well oh, but i don't think i could do it well. i don't know i feel like i would get slow i, I would probably tap out pretty fast too because <laughs> um, you know i i like a lot of different stuff but i also a lot of times these um, topics and, and, and playlists and the other songs that people give me will point me in different directions and I'll yeah. go and like do a little research and be like, oh, this is a whole other corner of music that I didn't really know about. That's the best part about, that's the best part about music mm-hmm. is finding parts you didn't know about. I have been listening to nothing but dub for a month <laughs> and I have what? never listened to dub in my life okay. ever. Um, well, how did this happen? It happened because, do you know the band Crownbin? Cr- I don't. Crown, I don't know any of this. Uh-uh. Do you, Aristotle, do you know Crownbin? Crownbin? So they're a very nice instrumental uh, rock group. Um, and they play sort of ins- music inspired by internet, like like uh, Thai funk and stuff like sure, that. They're from okay. Austin, right? Um, but so they just put out a, a new album. I was just like in the airport. I was like, oh, they have a new album. Let me listen to it. And I was like, wait, this sounds similar. And I realized what it was is it's dub remixes of their old of their previous album. They did a dub, a full dub remix album. And I was like, oh, I like this. In my whole life before, whenever I've heard dub, I've been like, I don't think I like that. But now, for now, right now I'm digging it. And then that album, like the cuts on that were, uh, you know, remixed by a famous dub producer named Scientist. So I went and found one of his albums. And then I just started listening to a ton of dub. And I'm like, this is what I need right now Mm -hmm. is like some very relaxing music. Uh, And uh, it's like a whole new world to me that (laughs) I... Uh, I'm 36 years old. I never experienced before, and I'm I'm just hopeful I never run out of genres to learn about. Yeah, that, that happened to me a little bit with um, psychedelic rock, because mm-hmm. I was like, I'm a cool, I'm a cool punk. I'm not gonna listen to this this whatever magic mushroom. Uh, yeah, you're talking to Alice. That's bullshit. how I felt about dub because because when I was in college, I was listening to punk and like CBGB type stuff mm-hmm. and that kind of like I was into into like the Talking Heads, and I thought the kids who listened to nothing Which, but Bob Marley heads- sucked. Talking Heads not actually punk, just played at the same punk 
clubs. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like, it, it, post punk. Like, post punk. Yeah, I just you know. I think it's fun that they get folded in there and it's totally. Like, oh, you guys were just friends with punk. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, it came out of that community, and yeah. I liked the late. I like later Talking Heads when they had a big funk band, but um, but yeah, I thought the kids who were like listening to like reggae and stuff like that, I thought they were lame, mm-hmm. um, because that was sort of one of the ethoses of you know the music I was listening to was mm-hmm. that stuff sucks, and it took me twenty years to realize I was wrong. <laughs> but again, I had to you, get over myself. You evolved, yeah, and you needed something different musically. It's so much better to listen. Oh, the the flip the problem with music is when you're when you're like 17 and 18 Emily Heller pointed this out to me music sounds better to you when you're younger oh like, yeah you're like yeah, oh I, uh, you lose your high frequencies as you get older that's true literally. that's true but also it like will laser right to your heart more you know and you're uh, and you, you also forgive a lot of uh, going to lyrics you'll forgive a lot of like melodrama yeah. In fact, get into it. Like there are songs that I was super into when I was that age. Now I'm like, I am embarrassed of this song. Like, I cried and I was sad on the yeah. road. And I'm like, I feel it. Yes. It like consumes yes. it consumes you much yeah. more. And I have those experiences less often now. Like the way I related to Bell and Sebastian as in high school, I don't relate to music that way anymore. But uh, the di- the the downside of when you're young is you're so concerned about whether the music you're listening to is the right music and mm-hmm. if you're cool for listening about to you. yeah exactly and now and I and I was always very curious about music but I always had that in the back of my head like a shame about the music mm-hmm. I liked and now I fully don't give a shit at all and it's so much better because uh, um, I can listen to anything. Uh, forgive me if you've heard me te- say this many times on this podcast, but uh, there's this passage in. Did you read um, uh, uh, how not to be a boy? No. Um, it's by um, one of the Mitchell and Webb guys. Uh, yeah, Robert Webb. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically his journey through toxic masculinity. Yeah. And like growing up in it and then kind of finally and having it damage him and make his life harder and then finally kind of waking up to it and, and going back and seeing like, oh, that's what that was. That's what that was. Yeah. And one of his specific stories is being with um, uh, women, girlfriends, and having them like songs that he didn't think were cool. And he also liked the song, but then would make fun of them and yeah. be like, don't listen to that. That's not a cool song. Yeah. Basically taking that music away from not only the girl, but himself. himself. Yes. And then being like, Ugh. I mean, I remember having to pretend to like so much different music mm-hmm. because some dude was testing me on it and was like, all right, this is cool. Do you like it? And I'd be like, okay, yeah. I mean, there's a, a, a saxophone maybe. I don't, I don't like this, but like, you just it, it the identity is more important than your your enjoyment of the experience. Yeah, yeah. So you like agree to it. And the thing that a thing that toxic masculinity does to men is it cuts you off from from certain parts of mm. of experience. And that's and that's not as bad as you know what it does to everybody else. But it it is it's like not a contest. Yeah, you know I think it's it it is really shitty that like yeah it's like comfort and pleasure are feminine things. Yes, that's weird. Oh yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent they are. Uh, speaking of. Speaking of Emily Heller again, I want to. No, I sh- I can't tell this story because she would tell it better. She's she ever told you about her thing where where some men think that men aren't supposed to sit on the toilet seat. Oh yes, I yeah. Found, yeah yeah yeah. I, I I found that stuff online. That, okay. I don't know w- which way that went from me to Emily or Emily to me, but like yeah, there's a lot of dudes who maybe you were just the one who told me this. It might be me because <laughs> so I think I, I do. I think heard it like I heard it years ago. Oh, I'm I'm happy to be mixed up with Emily. That's okay. great. Um, I there's a handful of female comics that get mixed up with a lot. <laughs> She's one of them. I love it. Um, Shout out Beth Stelling. Um, (laughs) But yeah, there's dudes who think you're not supposed to sit on toilet seats, Um, that they are just for women and, and, and the only explanation for it. And that like, 
like there were, like one of the examples was a guy being like, why, why did they even bother putting toilet seats in stalls in men's room? I guess they just can't get a can't buy a toilet. This was you them. who told me this, yes. and not and not Heller. Sorry, Heller. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like like uh, the I believe the story you told me was like hear, hearing someone say that at Home Depot or something. Yes, there like was that. also a Home Depot one, yes. and then there was one like that was a dude in a public restroom or something because it was different stuff collected on some website uh, that someone mentioned, yes. it, and then all these other people were like, I've heard someone say that. I thought that myself. I, yes. That. They just thought this is like that, dude ASMR. Yeah, but the <laughs> only reason out. for it is that it's nice, and nice stuff is for women. Yes, and it's like the smallest bit of nice. Yeah, like just a comfortable place to shit. Like, yeah, it's so nuts. Yeah, uh, and isn't that fun? Isn't it also funny that like uh, pop music is one of those things? Like yeah. pop music generally is a thing that like men are not supposed to like, and yeah. you know there are male acceptable forms of pop music at all times like uh you know like hip-hop now or like hair metal in the 80s but like in general but like pop music overall is like not for men and the term pop means popular yeah it means people like it like yes. all every era of music was popular like yes. that you know but people will be like oh i like i like johnny cash yeah johnny cash is pop music yeah it's popular anyway. yeah well, there's a weird dynamic. Just let me, let me put it this way: there's a weird dynamic because of toxic masculinity, where um, women are allowed Explain to like toxic things. Toxic masculinity. To me. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. No, I, this is something that, that was a revelation <laughs> no, yeah, to yeah. me. Is that is that because of the elevation of things that are masculine and the de- denigration mm-hmm. of things that are feminine in popular culture, right? Um, like uh, you know, GI Joe is cool and Barbies are not, right? Mm-hmm. Then uh, then girls get to play with and enjoy a uh, Barbie. And GI Joe's, yeah, right? Because I'm cool if I can play with a GI Joe. Exactly, and yeah. the Barbies are for you, and so you get access to both of those things. Uh, boys only get access to one of those things. They only get to play with the GI Joes. They don't get to play with the Barbies. And guess what? Maybe the Barbies would be benefit. Maybe there's something they're yeah. missing out on. You, you know where that extends to that I have, I've talked about on stage. Still got to figure this bit out. Oh, okay. Um, is sex? Mm. I am allowed to easily fuck anything i can show up with a bag of potatoes with a face drawn on it and be like this is my boyfriend he's funny and people will be like cool yes cool, okay yes could be a man could be a woman could look like anything yes be any level of attractive no one would question it yes a dude has to date a woman slightly shorter than him yeah yes who is very attractive and probably his race and and uh, uh, and thin. uh typically attractive attractive yes. in a way that yeah 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 because yeah. like I, there are dudes who are really attracted to big girls really attracted yeah. to tall ones um more masculine ones men all of those are a conversation all of those at the very least they have to like explain it I, someone's gonna be I like clock hey, what? To this i clocked to this when i talked about this in podcasts before when i uh i read a podcast i read a, a advice column by this guy dr nerd love who writes a wonderful advice column with a bad name i think but a, <laughs> but a good advice column and it was this Nerd's guy just overworked this guy writing it yeah this guy writing it and saying oh i'm there's this woman i'm dating i find her so sexy but it's weird because she's not my type she's not my type but i but i think she's sexy but she's not my type what do i do because she's not my type and the answer was She's your type. You like her. Well, the problem is you've been told that this is not a, this is not a kind of kind of woman who's acceptable for you to like. And how sad is that? And I read that and I was like, oh my god, that applies to me and so many other things in my life. Oh yeah, I think, and I think that um, it, a lot of the fucked up, like a lot of like male violence and or just abuse in general comes out of that. Like yes, like I've known people who uh, who their boyfriend was super into them in private and in public would treat them shitty mm-hmm. because they 
did, they were embarrassed that this was the type of woman that they were into in front of their friends. They yeah. Or like not even like pretend like they're not even dating them. I mean, that was yeah. like the whole beginning storyline of Shrill. Um, like, well, you have to leave out the back door. I don't want people to know that we're together. Yeah. And it's like, it, yeah, that guy is being shitty, but also this whole system yeah. is shitty because he's also being restricted he's not allowed to experience his emotions. Yeah. And that kind of, and that kind of male pain, like let's move off of toxic masculinity in a second, in a second. But when I read, when I go look at forums of, for example, of people who are very much stuck in a toxic masculinity mindset, you, you know, very, you can imagine which Reddit Your forums incels. I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah or, or anything like, I mean, that's the most, that's the worst form, but there's a lot that are less than that. When I go look at those, I, I, what they look like to me is like, these are people in pain. Yeah. These men are in pain. They have a pain that they don't have a name for. And, that they don't know how to process. And that results in terrible things, you know? But I think, th- and to me, still, we're we're getting better every day at talking about these things as a society, but that's the part that we're still worst at addressing, is we, we're better at saying, hey, sexual violence is very bad for women mm-hmm. and men shouldn't do it and they should go to jail if it happens, right? But we're less good at saying what is the pain that we are inflicting on men that is causing them to lash out. That's not to absolve them of responsibility. No, but it's but, an important part to yeah. figure out answers to. I remember when the big talk was... Um, pickup artists like yes. pick up and that, and that that's so evil and bad and i was like i honestly don't think that that what what that looked like to me was very awkward men who have no idea how to talk to women 100%. wanting a little set of rules and like one of them like negging negging is shitty but what it's doing for that kind of guy oh, is when you told letting me this, them when you told me the what negging does this was so brilliant. I just want to set this up that when you told me, it was like a light bulb went off in my head and my whole view of human relationships turned 180 oh, wow. degrees. Thank you. When you told me about the value of negging and I want, now I've set you up, so please. Okay, so don't neg people. <laughs> but I think what it does for people like that and for, okay, when you're out, um, when you're a woman, very often when men come up to you and hit on you, um, you don't know what's going to happen. If you don't, if you don't want to, if you don't want them, um, it's very, it's hard to reject them and you're risking possible like freak out of many different types, whether yeah. it's physical or just a, that's just a fraught emotional. situation yeah, is someone's fraught situation. expressed interest and then you have to say no, uh oh, what are they going to do? Yeah. That's a lot of vulnerability, which is not comfortable for men, um, because of toxic masculinity. So negging is a way of saying, I like you, but I I don't I'll be okay if you don't like me. I don't give a shit. I don't because give a shit. You're a I'm trash safe. person. Yeah. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it gives the woman a a, a possible a moment of being able to say, okay, this I'm not going to break this guy, so I don't have to just immediately reject him. Yeah. And again, it's not good. Don't do that. But if once you know that that's what's happening with it, it can help you. I think approach someone with that attitude of like, look. Hey, do you want to drink? It's no big deal if you don't. Yeah, give them an out. Thing. Yeah, that, that that's the social value of negging is it gives an out. So so you don't need to be an asshole. Just give people an out yes. is the lesson. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. yeah, no. When I go look at like a pickup artist form or stuff like that, these are these are men who with no social skills who need help and they're begging for help. And, and these were, are the only people who are offering them any help. And they were told fucking, you're supposed to just know. Yeah. Like we had women's magazines that were like, here's how mm-hmm. to talk to him. Here's how to look at him. Blah, blah, blah. And that's all stupid for another reason. But the guys have not had any 
didn't didn't get like instruction on that until suddenly they started getting this instruction. Yeah. And then again, when that phenomenon arises, culturally we say, "Oh, look at these fucking idiots, these mm-hmm. assholes. This is this is misogynist. Mm-hmm. This is treating women like they're robots that you can program, all of which is true." Yes, but, we are robots. You can but, program us. <laughs> it's uh, no, that is a, a correct analysis. Take that clip and put it in there. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> that is that is a correct analysis of a big part of what pickup artistry is mm-hmm. but again most people you are you you most people are not like you and and we're not <laughs> I mean, able to say obviously. we're yeah. not able to say oh no here's what's really going on these men need help mm-hmm. and they're not being offered help in any other area and so it, we're leaving it to to have them be offered help by these asshole toxic mm-hmm. you know uh, money grubbing guys who are just trying to get like $200 to do webinars with them mm-hmm. uh, yeah um <laughs> Have you? Uh, you wouldn't. Um, uh, let's, just... let's just do music. Yes, let's just, go, let's just do music. Um, Who's up next? It's you. It's me. Okay, great. Um, well, I want to bring it all the way back to what we were talking about ninety minutes ago, because um, I it's I so happened to bring up uh, the movie High Fidelity, mm-hmm. and I also so happened to bring up uh, the song uh, uh, Almost Famous, making the Elton John song popular. I want to cue up a song that was made famous by the movie High Fidelity. Is the first time I heard the song, mm-hmm. and that's the Beta Band song Dry the Rain. Mm-hmm. You know this song. You've heard this song. Sure, it's but it's been a while. It's been a long time. Yeah. This is a definition of my life. Okay, can I just ask you a favor? Can you just can you just jump like two minutes into the song? Can we just hear yeah, where it builds absolutely. to? Oh yeah. Oh, it's about to get going right here. So this is one of my favorite things a song does is I love a slow build of where a song like crescendos all the way through and then hangs out a second. I think you hit it right before the crescendo, which is incredible, before the final climax. This is Jump ahead, jump ahead a little more. Jump ahead a little more. I just want to hear the, let's just hear the chorus. Okay, there's just so much jamming. There's so much jamming. I mean, you got a lot of time to fill in a bus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But this song is just so, it's such a nice slow groove. You could listen to the song forever again. Oh yeah, you got this this high horn thing going on up here. You know what I mean? This song just makes everybody happy. You had a rough time on the tour bus with your friends. You had a little argument, but then you get going again. You put this song, everyone's happy. And now he's about to go, there's something inside that you always say. That's the part everyone's waiting for. But, you know, you know this song, so you know it's coming. Yeah, yeah. We're all enjoying it. Wait, wait, maybe this is it. Maybe this is it. Sorry to make you do that. <laughs> I love songs where you're waiting for the next thing to come in. Yeah. That's like my favorite because it's just little pops of pleasure over yeah. the song. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're fun little twists. I mean, I think that the, the best part of almost every song is the bridge, which mm. is the part of the song that is the opposite of the rest of the song. <laughs> but That's you've been so set up by something, you know, like yeah. you're, ha- you're I mean, the bridge, you're generally like 
you've been talking about something from one point of view and then you have this little uh, uh, vacation from that point of view. Like what's, mm. what if you look at it from the, from another way or that's what so if you pull out and, and look at it from the future, from that's the past. so funny because I feel like I always hate the bridge. Oh, I'm so like, you don't like, you can, don't like the, uh, the system being broken. Give me back to the part I like and let's go up, let's go up another level. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's go oh, up again. Yeah, yeah. A, a key change. Let's, yeah, yeah, uh, let's yeah, keep yeah. going. Oh, 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 oh. Take yeah. me higher. No, I like the, ooh, it's a switcheroo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a whole other dimension to this thing that we're talking about. Who knew? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I did forget about that song. Um, uh, my, and they're, they're like, what, um, Edinburgh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were very, really wonderful band and, and sadly broke up. <laughs> but no, I was going to say, in high, fide- ones do. in high Fidelity, they say, like, um, John Cusack says something like, Watch this. I'm about to sell 10 copies of the three EPs by the beta band. And then he puts the song on and then it's like a scene of like people in the in the store being like, whoa, what song? is?" And like looking for the song or whatever. And I love that because really what they did was they sold like 10 million copies of. of yeah, uh, they literally did it from that yeah. scene. <laughs> uh, and uh, it was like such a great. Yeah, I don't know. It's such, a, it's such a great movie. It's like one of my favorite movie music moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, Babe Ruth uh, pointing where he's going to hit the ball. Yeah, yeah. it sure is. Um. Yeah, I I tried to watch that movie again recently and was like, ironically, because I do that, um, this what this podcast is about. But when he's like shuffling records around and being like, "This is I'm going to get the ultimate playlist yes. for this breakup," I'm like, "Ugh, I can't stand you." <laughs> really? So I think that has Sounds to be like some. Perfect man. I know it's got to be some element of like self loathing mm-hmm. <laughs> there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I it's cool when I do it. <laughs> when you do it, it's like, uh, obviously. Whatever happened to the male led rom com? Um, I mean, they still have them. Yeah. Yeah. Did you like see what? Long Shot? No, I didn't. Is that was, one of those? Oh, I was pretty much a two-hander. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, that was that was a really great rom-com. Yes. I was very excited about that because people kept telling me that, and I was like, okay, I mean, I'll see it. I don't see how it could possibly good be yeah. good. And then halfway through it, I was like, I want to go see this again right after it's done. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so good. Yeah, it's a wonderful um, movie. I mean, I watched that so much. My we we like my freshman year roommate had a copy of that on DVD, and we watch it once a week. Wow. Well, I'm exaggerating a little, but we watched it a bunch of times. Um, well, Nick Hornby wrote that. Yes, I read the book too. So he, he had yeah. another book called, uh, I believe, Songbook, and it's a bunch of essays about his favorite songs. Mm. And when I read that, oh, real, how did I end up here? Um, when I read that, <laughs> I was so into it, I wrote him a letter, handwritten. Wow. Made a little stationery with, by putting stamps on regular paper. Mm-hmm. Um, really went all out. Surprised I didn't put glitter in the envelope. And he wrote me back a postcard. Oh, wow. Um, that was like, hey, thank you for the song recommendations. Because I was like, you said you like this one because of this. Here's another song that kind of does the same thing. But also, it's interesting because of this. Just yeah. nerding out real hard. Um, but yeah, he was like, I've, I've learned about a lot of great songs from this book. And thank you for those. And I listened to one of them. And, uh, oh, so, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's that's also nice. the, it's also the ultimate, like, I mean, it is really the expression of this podcast. Because there's such an ode to the mixtape in, mm-hmm. that, in that movie about like how it's important, like the crescendo of the tape and stuff like that. And I, that was, I made mixtapes at the time that that movie came out. I was like, yes, that's my experience, and now I don't do it anymore. And also, just to tip, dip back in the old <laughs> toxic M, um, <laughs> it is a way for people to be uh, emotional without being vulnerable, mm-hmm. without being too vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You're like, look at all these feelings I'm offering to you. It's yes. their feelings, but maybe they're mine. But, you know, they said it. I'm a deep I person. I didn't have to say it. Well, and it's like you when you listen to a certain song, when, at that time in my life especially, it feels like it's like almost 
like your heart is vibrating in sympathy with it. Like mm-hmm. it's like the the it's like so it's like touching your innermost self, you know. Yeah. And so if you put it on tape for someone else, you feel like you're communicating like your innermost self to them in a direct way without you having to say anything. Exactly. Next song, please. Um, speaking of, uh, <coughs> that was too vulnerable for me. Uh, is uh, "Drag My Body" by Hot Water Music? Oh, I don't know. I don't know this. They're a band from Gainesville, I believe, from Florida. They did that like a punk to into Americana sort of movement. Yeah. Oh. This sounds like. Uh, bands that my friends who were in bands in high school would have listened to, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. All they ages would show. Have, would have, yeah, exactly. I was about to say, they probably would have done shows with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I'll say this on the podcast. Yeah, when I was uh, too young to, um, I, uh, I did make out with the drummer. <laughs> In that band? In that band. Hell yeah! Hey, Hell hey, yeah! There we High go. Five. Okay. Um, <laughs> and they're not a not famous band, so a lot of you just got surprised. Unless I've said that before on this. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was like in uh, in college or high school or something. Awesome. Yeah. Um, oh man, I'm impressed. That's were, really were, that's really cool. <laughs> that's they were like... coming through town <laughs> on a tour, not a bus, but oh, yeah. Um, van. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, I thought that this was it had like. I, w- I was looking for that, like, as I said, punk into Americana yeah. kind of feeling and like yes. moving in the road. And, yeah. Okay, well, so my next song, is that okay for my next yeah, song? Yeah, sure. It, I, I told the good part of that story. Oh, no, no. uh, this is, uh, uh, you know, I've never, I've never made out with her, I have to say. Okay. Um, this is <laughs> just light kisses on the lips. <laughs> just a little, just a little peck on the cheek. Uh, this is a song by Lucinda Williams called Jackson. Mm. Wonderful traveling song. All my songs have extended intros before the part that you need to hear uh, comes. Anticipation. Yeah. So uh, I feel like this is uh, maybe a, it's a it's a rainy day on the bus. Mm-hmm. Really deep in the through my life. All the way to Jackson, I don't think I'll miss you much. All the way to Jackson. I don't think I'll miss you much Once I get to Lafayette I'm not gonna It's just so pretty. Isn't that, isn't that pretty? Yeah, and I wanted to, this made me want to put on some Patty Griffin, but her stuff was just too sad. <laughs> oh, I don't know Patty Griffin. Uh, or, or is it Patty Griffith? I always oh. mix that up. I'm so sorry. Well, well, this well, this song is like, so, so one of the things I love about Lucinda Williams, and I love so many things about Lucinda Williams, but mm, she she's does, amazing. she's incredible. And she does, but she does so many songs that are sort of based around place names hmm. in the South. And so this song, or just, they, they always leap out, you know? Yeah. And, and this song is, the whole structure of it is just different towns in the South. And, you know, once I get to this town, I don't think I'll miss you. Once I get to Baton Rouge, I won't cry a tear for you. And so you get the sense of some of this woman on like a long, on a bus, on like a Greyhound bus, leaving, you know, the person who hurt her mm-hmm. and saying, well, once I get that far, that's when I'm really going to forget about you. But no, no, once I get to this, once I get to, you know, et cetera. And it's just such a wonderful lyrical conceit and also so wistful. It just makes it yeah. very sad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess this is maybe an, an emotional 
nadir. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that is that the right word? Whatever. Yeah, of the trip. Uh, yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but it's but it's still not like. It's not, I guess it's a kind of wallow, but it, it feels like it's like I'm still moving. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still mm-hmm. still going. I'm yeah, not just still like, a traveling song. Can't live if living is without you. That's not. <laughs> you're not moving. You're standing still with that one. Um, okay. Uh, the next song after Jackson is Tennessee oh, by Arrested Development. That's what I try to do. I try to make it all work Tennessee. together. Tennessee. Lord, I've really been real stressed down in. Arrested Development has not stood the test of time. This, I don't know this group very much. Oh, yeah. this is a wonder. I, I'm enjoying this. Oh, great. But you think they? You no, you think they suck now? No, I don't think they suck. I think they they're not as well known. They were like huge in uh, the early '90s. Got it. Um, that, that was that time of the that. It was. Uh, there's probably a name that I should know for it, but I think of it as like jazzy soul hip hop. Yeah. Where it was like Diggable Planets, mm-hmm. Arrested Development. Yes. Um, yeah, I guess like uh, the Roots and Farside and Tribe yes. Quest kind of yes. around that scene yes. also. Um, yeah, and so they're like playing with all kinds of different. Um, yeah. Songs and uh, like sounds and, and instruments yes. and stuff. Yes, wonderful hip hop period in his history. Yeah, yeah, they're really going in different directions, and that. Um, yeah, this was from their uh, their album. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Hold on, what is the name of this album? Oh, three years, five months, and two days in the life of. And uh, this was an album that I had, and just you can listen to every single track on it. I'm um, gonna listen to it now. Cool, great. I'm gonna add it to my Apple Music. Yeah, they were like <laughs> super hot, but they also are known for uh, trying to sue the TV show, apparently, oh, for no. the name. But it's like uh, it's a phrase. Either way, guys. Do they no have who, some... who won, No matter which one of you owns it. But what if you're phrase. listening to the album and then you're like, wait a second, keep the money in the banana stand, <laughs> seal attack. Hold on, take me to another place. Yeah, <laughs> it's all it's all mixed up there in your subconscious. That's it for the free episode. If you want to hear the last few songs, and they're good, guys, become a Patreon supporter, and you'll get an extended episode with the full playlist. Okay. Thank you so much for doing no this podcast. No problem, of course. I think Thank we made you. a great playlist. I think we did, too. I would love to do it again. Ah, all right. Now, can I go listen to this playlist myself? Yeah, I'll, I'll put it out on Spotify. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I use uh, Apple Music. Yeah, I got to figure out how to do that also. I can reconnect it on mm-hmm. the Apple Music. Well, I mean, I, I'll figure I'll, out I'll go. Music. I'll go plug mm-hmm. it back. I literally I... recently, a friend made me a mix, and I was so beloved of me. As so beloved. I loved that she did it so much that I recreated it in Apple Music because I had to hear it. Uh, um, because it was, I just don't use Spotify. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish there was a, a service that I felt good about using, but I feel like they're all... Yeah, they're all the same. Yeah. Um, where can people find you? Oh, my God. Add Adam Conover on Twitter and everything else. And uh, uh, I do a new, a new podcast called Factually. Please mm. please listen to my podcast called Factually. Cool. Yeah. Uh, great. That's it. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Cool Playlist. I'm Eliza Skinner. You can follow me on Twitter at at Eliza Skinner. You can follow the podcast at at Cool Playlist Pod. You can also find our website at coolplaylistpod.com and you can find links to all the playlists we make and anything we talk about and our Patreon. We don't have advertisers, so we rely on Patreon co-producers like you. The theme music is by Ross Bryant. The art and logo is by D. Billy at Duchess and the Queen Studio. And the podcast is produced by Cool DJ Aristotle Acevedo. Oh, and you can always rate and review us on iTunes. Everybody loves that. Bye.